So uh, as a church, we've been working our way through a series we're calling I Quit at Leviticus. And we thought this is probably a good time to hit the pause button on that series, at least uh, for this week. We felt like just the moment that we find ourselves in, it's time to talk about the moment. Um, Earlier this week, I found myself talking to um, uh, like a 75-ish year old woman from our church. And she said something really interesting as I was talking to to her. She said, you know, in all my years... I have never experienced something like this. Um, A woman who has lived 75 years, 75 years of American history, like wars and spaceships exploding and all of it, this moment she found unique. And frankly, I think that's the right words. This is a unique moment for us. And yet, despite the uniqueness and chaos of the moment we find ourselves in, it's important to remember something. Um, this moment, though, though it's unique to us, it is not unique to God. It's not. God is not surprised by the coronavirus at all. God saw it coming a mile away. In fact, um, this book right here, the Bible, um, this is a treasure trove for moments like these that we find ourselves in. We just have to dig into it and see what in the world it has to say and give us wisdom for a moment like this. And so um, in the chaos of the coronavirus, why don't we turn to the Bible this morning? If you have a Bible, um, go ahead and open it up to Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 1. In church, what we do here when we read Scripture together is we stand for the reading of God's word and we face the center of the room. And if you just did that at home, you're my favorite. But I'll stand, and maybe Chuck will too. But listen to this verse from from Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now the scripture we just read um, is found in in Acts chapter 8. Now in just eight chapters... In the book of Acts, an incredible amount of things happen. If you have your Bible, just go back a few few pages and go to Acts 1 a second. So you start Acts in Acts 1, and it's the story of Jesus being taken up into heaven, which is a really big deal. And then you get to Acts 2. In Acts 2, you see the Holy Spirit descending on uh, the crowd, and you see the very first church being formed right there in Acts 2. And if you turn the page, you get to Acts 3, 4, and 5. And then Acts 3 through 5, it's the story of the incredible ministry of uh, the 12 apostles and all the the great things that they do. Now, at this time, the church is based in Jerusalem. 
And it's experiencing some incredible things through all this stuff that's happening. Um, They're experiencing, first of all, a powerful sense of community like they perhaps have never experienced before. Um, They ate together regularly. They literally did this life thing together. They, They worshiped God daily together. They prayed together. They proclaimed the gospel to their neighbors together, and their neighbors actually came to faith in Jesus. It was a really great moment. I love how Acts 2.42 says it. It says, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I mean, they did this church thing in ways that, frankly, we've been trying to get back to ever since. We wish we could be like the Acts 2 church again. But then we get to Acts 6. In Acts 7. And suddenly the picture changes in that moment. Because one of these early followers of Jesus is arrested. His name is Stephen. And then he's stoned to death. And then he's murdered. And following the death of Stephen, a great persecution breaks out in the church against this small community of Jesus followers. And suddenly this first church finds themselves in a reality that they'd never been in before. It was a new reality. Um, If you have your Bible, take a look at Acts chapter 8, verse 1, and just listen to this a second. It says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. In an instant, the richness and depth of this community that they had been living in was gone. It was just gone. There was no more eating together, no more worshiping together, no more praying together as a community. Frankly, the togetherness of the church was dashed in an instant. You know, and I just want to point something out. If you were to go back all the way to Acts chapter 1, um, specifically verse 8, uh, Jesus told his disciples, he said this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's all the way back in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. And now we are in chapter 8 of the book of Acts. And the church is pretty much still in Jerusalem. Uh, it's been a couple of years has transpired since Acts chapter 1 when Jesus told them what he told them. And they are still mainly in Jerusalem. And it's after the persecution. It's the persecution that finally forces them out of Jerusalem and they are now going where God wanted them to go in the first place. Yeah, and, they, and the scriptures actually use a, a, a really unique word um, here. It's a word that's only used um, for this moment in the church in Acts. Um, it's the word in Acts 8.1. It says, they were scattered, scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. The early church was literally scattered. Now, I think, and perhaps you feel this way too, but the word scattered seems like a great fit for the moment that we find ourselves in, doesn't it? Don't you feel scattered? Uh, We've been scattered from our community. We've been scattered from our church family. Look at how we're doing this today, right? We're scattered from our schools. Many of us from our workplaces were scattered. We're scattered from our vacation plans and our spring break plans that we had, right? We're scattered from that. Everything seems so utterly scattered in this moment, in this pandemic stuff. And folks, it's moments like these that are critical for our faith. Because you see, we all have to respond when we find ourselves scattered. We don't get to choose whether we respond. We have to respond. And the only choice is, well, how will we respond in our scattering? 
How will we do that? You know, for some of us, it's buying humongous portions of toilet paper, right? <laughs> but really, how will we respond? You know, I think it's wise to pay attention to the Acts 8 church and how they responded to their scattering. And what happens next in the book of Acts, like after Acts 8 happens, what happens after the scattering? Well, of course, you know, they lost everything. Their families fell apart. They all died. The government <laughs> snuffed out the faith, and it was never to be seen again. Right? No, like none of those things None of that, those things happened. Happens. <laughs> Take a look at Acts 8, verse 4 a second. This is what happens post-scattering. Listen to this. It says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. You see, God scattered this first church from Jerusalem, and through the pain and the chaos of their scattering, God was actually up to something in the scattering. Verse 4 says, uh, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And what happened next? What happened next? Well, the church exploded in numbers. The gospel was preached around the globe. Many throughout the whole world are followers of Jesus today because of this particular scattering. You see... We can't lose sight of the fact that God is doing something in our scattering too. We just need to be able to see it. And we all have a choice in the chaos of the coronavirus. We can get angry and anxious and fearful and suspicious and all those things, right? We can push back or we can choose to trust that God might actually be up to something here and to look for it. And if that's you and you're like, man, I want to pick like the ladder there. Um, well, then take a look around. What might God be up to? And that's just a great question. What could God be doing in the chaos of the coronavirus? You know, we see the church in the, in the book of Acts, what we, John's been talking about, and how it was scattering. But this is not the first time that something like this happened to God's people. I want to go back to something that happened in the Old Testament. Uh, in the Old Testament, the people of God, the Israelites, they faced something similar about 600 years before this, all this stuff happening in Acts happened. The kingdom of Judah was conquered by the Babylonians in the year 586 BC. Now the kingdom of Judah had been its own sovereign nation for hundreds of years. And when they were conquered by the Babylonians, their national sovereignty was taken from them. The capital of Jerusalem was left in ruins. The temple that they worshipped in, the center of their worship, it was destroyed. And many of the Jews were taken out of their homeland and forced to live in exile in Babylon. And they had to wonder, as all this was happening to them, they had to wonder, what was God doing? Because their world, as they knew it, 
had come to an end. Now, our situation isn't you know, quite like that. Uh, we have not been driven from our homes and forced to live in exile. Actually, uh, the opposite has happened. We are being encouraged to stay in our homes. Yet the world as we know it, it's come to a stop. Things are nowhere near normal. Uh, let's just look at what has happened these last couple weeks and just see if we can discern what God seems to be doing. Um, going to work has stopped. Uh, for most of us, if we work, we work from home. Uh, the sports world, it has stopped. It's been tragic. It's tragic. No March Madness. I, I was going to win my bracket this year for sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, but no March Madness, no baseball, no hockey. The sports world has stopped. Uh, travel has stopped. Uh, vacations have been postponed. You know, you know uh, we, we actually had our dream vacation planned for spring break. We were going to sunny Des Moines, Iowa, and we had to cancel it. You were going it to Des Moines. Us. You pull out all the stops on your vacations. Is your family happy or sad that that got canceled? I don't know. Okay, all right. Um, but hardly anyone is flying. Hotels are not full. Uh, traffic is light. Even on Blue Lakes, traffic is light. There's some good news. Yeah, <laughs> for some of us. Um, entertainment has stopped. Uh, the movie theaters are closed, concerts have been canceled, um, even Vegas has shut down. That's unbelievable. Um, kids' activities have stopped. Uh, no school, no spring sports, no spring concerts, no dance competitions. Uh, graduating senior activities are on hold. Uh, my daughter, Leanne, she's a senior this year, and we're not even sure that they're going to have a graduating ceremony. That's all sort of up in the air. Um, many restaurants and stores have stopped. Uh, no dining in. Some stores have temporarily closed. Uh, my gym was temporarily closed. I was doing so good. There is some good news. There is I some think. good news in that. That is true. Hadn't lost any weight, but I was doing pretty good. Um, you know, in the discussion uh, forum, if you're on Facebook Live, just share some things where you have had to stop because of the coronavirus. Do we see what God has done? What is the theme here? The theme is stop. God isn't telling us to stop. God has stopped us. God has made the whole world stop. For a long time, I was on the we need to slow down bandwagon. You know, I saw how busy everyone was, and so I tried to tell people in different ways, hey, we need to slow down, we need to slow down. I tried to slow down, uh, and it didn't work. And so about five years ago, I just completely changed strategies. In trying to slow down and slow everyone else down, I just tried to do ministry in the chaos of all of our busyness. And apparently, that was not God's strategy. Just think about it. How out of control was our world before the coronavirus? How out of control was your world before the coronavirus? God has literally stopped the world. And so, what do we do now? Well, when God sent the Israelites into exile and turned their world upside down, again, I'm sure they asked the same question, what should we do now? Well, in Jeremiah 29, here's what God told them to do when they were in exile. 
I'm going to read from Jeremiah 29, verse 1, and then verses 4 to 8. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the, among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. God says to them, after, after he puts the Israelites into exile, and turns the world upside down, he says, settle down in homes. Plant gardens and eat the produce. Marry and have children. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city that you are in exile. And pray to God for the place you find yourself in. In other words, God seems to be saying, Now that I have completely turned your world upside down, get back to the basics of life. You know, before the virus, we had homes that we were too busy to spend time in. We accomplished things and we were too busy to enjoy them. We had marriages and kids that we were too busy for. We had a community that we were too busy to care about. And we had a God that we were too busy to pray to or seek out in any way. And God has just stopped us. You know, one of the things I found really interesting through all this is there are a lot of folks um, that are very fearful, and it's understandable so, like why they would be. But there's also a whole other group of people, and you see this on Facebook a lot. A lot of young families, they're posting things like, this is actually good news for us. We get to stay home. Like, that's a really big deal. We're, we've been looking for that, and now we have that chance. It's been really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for the first time, in, and I'm not exaggerating, first time in at least seven to ten years, I see kids in my neighborhood playing. Uh, outside on the streets. I haven't seen that in years and years and years and years. It's unbelievable. Um, We need to get back to the basics of life. And I really think it's as simple as three things. One, spend time with God. Two, spend time with our family and friends. And three, enjoy God's forced Sabbath. Even God took a day off to enjoy his creation. So we have some things we need to get good at again. And this is back to basic stuff. This is not necessarily any kind of profound thing. But we have never, we have never had the kind of time to do these things as we do during the virus shutdown. Yeah, and so what we are doing this morning is we are making a challenge for you um, As your life has likely slowed down in all kinds of different ways, we challenge you, um, take back your faith in a very particular way in this season. Um, Take back your family. 
Like, we challenge you, go be with your family, grow those relationships. Um, take back your friendships. Like, spend time with your friends in meaningful ways. If that means um, the, the Netflix social media thing they've got going, whatever it may be, take back your friendships. We challenge you to do that. And there's a couple of ideas with how we want you to do how that. How we want to do that. Yeah, so for spend time with God, um, one thing you could do is read one chapter or listen to one chapter of the Gospel of Mark each day. And, um, and if that goes too fast for you, then read or listen to the same chapter twice in the same day, whatever you got to do. But if you were to do one chapter of the Gospel of Mark each day, um, before this shutdown is over, you will have gone through the Gospel of Mark, I don't know how many times. It's only 16 chapters. So in just over two weeks, you'll be through the whole Gospel. Also, with spending time with God, um, one of the things that a lot of us young families struggle with is how in the world do we uh, bring faith into our family? Like, how do we pray more as a family? How do we read scripture more as a family? And it's something that simply falls off. It falls down the list for so many of us. Um, we challenge you. Um, read the Bible with your family, with your kids, if you've got kids. Um, pray with your kids every single day. Um, for those of us that are like, I don't know what I'm doing when I read the Bible with my kids. Like, I don't even understand this. I, I get that. Um, there's a ton of great resources out there for that. There's actually um, an app you can download. It's called the Bible app for kids. And it is a great starting point for you um, to practice faith stuff in the home with your family. So go do that. Um, point two, spend time with family and friends. You know, just spend an hour a day with family and friends having fun. You know, go for a walk, ride bikes. Uh, the falls here in Twin, they're flowing really good right now. Play games at home. Um, heck, I don't know, uh, you know, do a mass watching of, of whatever Marvel movies you wanna do. That's what we're doing at our house. We're, we're, we're doing a binge watch of Marvel movies, really spiritual. But it's just a great um, time to do stuff that you haven't had time to do together with uh, your friends, your family, and make sure an hour a day Spend time, hang out, and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, and for those of you who are married, um, it is the ultimate problem. Like, how do I spend more time in my marriage? How do I do date night? Like, we never seem to have time to do that. Well, now you do. Um, one of the things Beck and I have done um, for a long time now is we do a late night date night. Like, at 9 o'clock, put the kids in bed and then go cook dinner and spend the evening with your spouse and just spend time with each other. Um, we encourage you to do that as well. And of course, the third point is enjoy God's forced Sabbath. Um, we can resist it all we want to. We can push back and get angry about it. Don't do that. Um, don't resist it. Um, relish it. Like God gave this space to you and to me. Um, go ahead. Um, go ahead and join the conversation on Facebook if you'd like to. Well, what are some things that you think you would like to add into your faith routine or your family routine or friendship routine as well? Um, and we'd love to hear about that. And um, the folks that are on from the staff, they'd love to comment and talk to you about that as well. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You know, for the first time that I can even remember the world is not pressuring us to go, 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 go. It is literally telling us to stop and stay put. This is a really unique time and opportunity for us. God has stopped us and we need to listen. We need to listen and get back to some basic things in life. Why don't we uh, pray? Let's pray.
God, uh, we know that you are in front of every step that we take. You know our future. You know where we're headed. And God, we know that you are a powerful God, a big God, and a God full of compassion and grace toward us. And so as we take steps into the future, God, give us that assurance that you've got us, that everything is okay. God, we thank you um, for moments where you just slow us down, and wow, it's amazing to see the whole world. (laughs) You've slowed down the whole world. And God, so just give us the eyes to see what you're up to and the ears to hear your voice um, in moments like these. And God, we thank you for the cross this morning. We thank you for the gospel, that you are the God of good news. And perhaps even in this moment, um, there is good news to be had. And so we thank you for that. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've been... uh on the discussion in, on Facebook Live, we just want to encourage you, you can uh, stay on that for a few moments after our service is done here. And at the end of each service, we remind you that we have a prayer wall in the back of our room, and obviously you can't be here to put prayers in it this week. But if you would like to email us, you can email Crystal uh, at, uh, at her email, Crystal, I think at tfrc.org is her email address. And um, you can send your prayer requests for the wall to her, and we'll make sure that they get into the wall. But if you're at home, for the blessing, I always ask you if you're here to please stand. And so I'm going to ask, even in your homes, please stand to receive. God's blessing. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for joining us. God bless.